Hello and welcome to the Helix Reviews Podcast. My name is David Arrington, bringing you reviews from a Christian geek worldview. Today on the show, I am continuing the best of the decade episodes with a look at 2016. So in this episode, I'm going to count down my top 10 favorite movies of 2016 and also my top 10 favorite video games of 2016 and then kind of give you some of my thoughts overall on the year, as well as looking at some of the award contenders in both of those categories as well. So we're going to start off with uh, movies here, and this list, I think, is... It's a decent year in movies, but it's not like an amazing year in movies, really. There's some movies here that are fantastic, but the the bottom half of this list is not really that stacked at the same time. So, uh, some of my runner-ups for my favorite movies of 2016 here. Uh, we got 13 Hours, uh, Deadpool there, <laughs> uh, Star Trek Beyond, Doctor Strange, uh, Ouija Origin of Evil is actually a surprisingly good horror movie uh, directed by the same director of The House on Haunted Hill and uh, Doctor Sleep and some of these other really great horror movies. Uh, And also Arrival didn't quite make my list either, uh, which I, I question a little bit now that I think about it a little bit more. But no, no questioning now. It's too late to question that uh, so coming in at number 10 here, I have The Monster. Now this is a, a small independent monster movie about a mother and a daughter who they're, they're driving, uh, where are they driving? Anyway, they're driving somewhere, they're on a road trip, they break down in the middle of nowhere, and there's a monster out there. And it's basically, you know, it's it's a mother and a daughter bonding kind of movie. You know, they're they've they're separate for for various reasons. You know, they they don't know each other that way that well. Uh, they don't have that great of a relationship. And then it's kind of the the bonding type of movie with the the strong focus on that. Then you know, and when it comes to there's a monster there in the street as well, uh, which the monster itself is pretty cool. There are points where you can tell, okay, this is a cheaper budget movie so you can tell it's not a real you know monster sometimes the the special effects and visual effects and all that uh, aren't amazing though it's all pretty much all practical effects on this movie uh, just a fantastic little monster movie that if you're a fan of monster movies you should seek this one out it's a, a great little independent monster movie i love the monster uh number nine is an interesting one because this one it's <laughs> I'm just gonna say number nine I got Suicide Squad and this is a movie that I have problems with this movie for sure I've seen this movie a few times and specifically I have Suicide Squad the extended cut uh, which I think is a superior version of Suicide Squad to the original but even with that it still has problems. I still have issues with Suicide Squad. And ultimately, uh, despite that, despite having issues with Suicide Squad, despite Suicide Squad kind of being this movie that came out and it's kind of this weird different superhero movie and it did really well, and but it was like critically it was panned. 
Despite all that, though, it still kind of remains in the conversation, the movie conversation, you know, for various reasons. And the characters in it is what really stands out for me as something that I think they did really well. And I, I really enjoyed the characters of the Suicide Squad. And I think the extended cut does a better version of these characters. And there's rumors that we might get the air cut after we get the... Uh, you know, which is the the actual director's cut of what Suicide Squad would be, which is apparently a very different movie than what the theatrical version and the extended cut version here of it is. Uh, after we get the Snyder cut version of Justice League, supposedly, maybe we'll be getting an air cut of the Suicide Squad movie, which I would be down for. Uh, I would, I would honestly be extremely excited for that one as well. But they're making another Suicide Squad movie that's kind of a revamp. It's kind of different. They're changing things up, but it still definitely takes place in the same universe. You still got Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. It's just kind of interesting the impact that this movie had and the, how you can still see this movie kind of in the conversation even years later especially for a movie that critically did not do very well at all i just find it interesting and it's a movie that ultimately despite all its flaws i still like kind of remember i still think about sometimes and i i do enjoy suicide squad so the suicide squad the extended cut is my number nine number eight I got Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, the first uh, Star Wars spinoff movie that has nothing really to do with the Skywalker saga there, and it's great. I, I really enjoyed this uh, this kind of first spinoff here, uh, a kind of a, a different tone, a different take on the Star Wars universe that was, was pretty cool. Definitely like a, just a single standalone movie, which is also kind of cool to see in a uh, a bigger, you know, universe where they probably want to start new series of different things, you know. Uh, so it's kind of cool to have just like a singular kind of standalone movie set within that universe. And uh, overall, I just thought it's a, a great cast of characters, a lot of fun. Rogue One, Star Wars Story, some good stuff there. Uh, number seven, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. And of course, we're going to go with the extended cut there. Uh, or is it the ultimate cut or something like that? Basically, Zack Snyder's version of Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice is superior to the theatrical version of Dawn of Justice, much in the same way that Suicide Squad, uh, you know, they, they, they kind of hacked up his movie and changed it up. They did that a little bit with Batman v Superman as well, and the original of that one is better, and so we're going to see if the original of the Justice League is better, and hopefully we can see if the original of the, the Suicide Squad is better as well. Uh, you know, again, Batman v Superman, it has some problems, but overall, I really really enjoyed this. The action sequences are fantastic. I mean, it's Zack Snyder. Of course, the action sequences are fantastic. But also, I, I really enjoyed the characters. I enjoyed this version of Batman. I enjoyed this version of Superman and all this kind of stuff. And then their, their conflict, while I think there's parts of their conflict that I think could have been better, I think, uh, you know, what, what they kind of did there was fun. It was engaging. And I, I really enjoyed this. Wonder Woman showed up in this for the first time too. And she's great as well. Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman is, is really good. So good stuff. I like this one. Uh, number six, Hacksaw Ridge. I really enjoy this. This is among my favorite war movies. I think Hacksaw Ridge is a fantastic uh, Christian war movie. It's directed by Mel Gibson, 
who I believe is a Catholic. Um, but the, the, the character here, Andrew Garfield's character is a, a Christian character and he, uh, he was a, a Christian, like he was a real guy in a war that basically this terrible war, tons of people hurt. And he went out and was just saving all these people. He was the medic that was going out and saving all these people. And it's his story. Absolutely fantastic. So violent and visceral and just like disturbing war is hell kind of thing. And, uh, done, done extremely well. Like the, the only other war movie I've seen that kind of matches the level of intensity in this movie uh, as far as war movies and stuff go, is Saving Private Ryan, which is like the opening of that movie, just the insane intensity and everything that was going on there. Uh, like, this is kind of the, the only other comparison, really, I've seen in a war movie that, that goes to that extent. It's just like, man. But it's it's really good. It's really powerful. There's some great Christian themes and stuff in here as well. Great stuff. Hacksaw Ridge, a great war movie. Number five, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Love this movie, man. I, it, it's, it's such a weird kind of indie-ish kind of movie where it's like the, <laughs> the, the way it's definitely, it's kind of just sideways tied into the 10 Cloverfield Lane thing where it's like, did it need to be a Cloverfield movie? No, not really at all. But even just as a standalone movie, it just, it works so well for me. This is my favorite Cloverfield movie by far. Uh, so much of it is just this contained thriller that is just fantastic. And then it opens up a little bit more after that, which is, it's so crazy and wacky, but so much fun. I really love 10 Cloverfield Lane. Some amazing performances by John Goodman, by uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and just some some great performances, some great characters, some just great tension-filled character interactions that I, I just love. I love 10 Cloverfield Lane. Just such a great movie. Uh, number four, I have another movie that is just extremely intense. Don't Breathe is... Possibly one of the most intense movies I've ever seen, man. It is just edge of your seat the entire movie. When this movie picks up, I mean, it, it you know, there's that little bit at the beginning, but when this movie picks up, it does not relent until like the end of the movie, man. It is just so edge of your seat, kind of like, oh my goodness, what in the world is going on kind of thing. It's so fantastic. It's so intense. And, uh, and man, I'm, I'm kind of surprised there hasn't been more Don't Breathe movies since 2016. I mean, it's been a few years. You probably could have made some more of these. I could totally see the blind man in this becoming an iconic slasher movie type villain along the lines of of Michael Myers or something, you know, like that makes so much sense to me because in some ways it reminds me of, of like the first Halloween movie where it's just this kind of raw, intense kind of movie. And it's just very much that kind of thing, intense, edgy your seat the entire time. And man, just absolutely riveting. Absolutely fantastic. I love Don't Breathe, man. Such a great movie. You know what else I love? My number three, Hush. Love this movie. Mike Flanagan directed Hush, and man, he directed two movies in one year, because I, I just realized that, because he directed Ouija Origin of Evil, which I, I briefly mentioned earlier, so 
that's interesting because, yeah, he, he also directed Hush in the same year. Huh, interesting. Well, Hush, uh, again, small independent type movie uh, about a deaf woman that's uh, be, whose house is being invaded. So there's this dude wearing a mask that's, that's like coming into the house and she has to kind of defend herself and fend him off. Again, edgy your seat, intense the entire time. They do some good character building. They do just some fantastic, uh, storytelling without using in very much words or very much sound at all. Because again, because she's, she's deaf, you know, throughout the whole, the whole movie. So you don't, you know, she, she can't communicate with him in a, in, in a, you know, speaking kind of way, I guess. Um, but it's just absolutely fantastic. Loved it. Again, just kind of riveting, tension-filled kind of movie. Fantastic. I love Hush, man. Check that out. I, it, it, at least it used to be on Netflix. I don't know if it's still on Netflix, but it's, if it is, check it out. It's fantastic. So Hush is my number three. My number two is The Conjuring Two. Man, this was a great year in horror movies, man. The Conjuring 2, Hush, Don't Breathe, all three in the same year. All three of those are just absolutely stellar horror movies. The Conjuring 2, uh, one of my all-time favorite horror movies, honestly. Just absolutely fantastic. If you liked the first Conjuring, check this out. If you like the Insidious movies, hey, the Conjuring movies are even better. Both directed by James Wan, by the way. James Wan directing The Conjuring 2. Uh, once again, fantastic Christian messages in this movie as well. The, the writers of this movie are, uh, are two Christians that, that wrote the movie, and you can definitely see some of the Christian themes coming out of this movie. Uh, also, just totally intense, some great uh, supernatural haunting type stuff in this movie. I love The Conjuring 2. It's absolutely fantastic. Number one, I, I was saying this a few times throughout here, but man, probably just one of my favorite movies, honestly, with this one. I don't know. At some point, I got to do my favorite movies list, and this is definitely going to end up on there somewhere, probably. Definitely, probably. Sure, why not? Number one, Captain America Civil War. Absolutely love this. This is one of, if not my favorite MCU movie. Just absolutely fantastic. The, the, the conflict between Captain America and Iron Man is so fantastic. The, the battle of two worldviews, essentially. And it's just, it's intense, edgier seat, uh, you know, riveting, and just so much fun at the same time with all these characters and all the heroes fighting and all this kind of stuff. Just a blast. I absolutely love Captain America Civil War. Now, I was hosting a podcast called Helix Reviews back in 2016. So what was the movies that I said were my favorites back in 2016? Well, let's take a quick look here. Uh, so I got my 2016 list here. So what did 2016 David think of the year in movies? Well, number 10 he had Hell or High Water, which didn't even make my list this year at all. Uh, I did really enjoy Hell or High Water. It's one of those movies that I really enjoyed, but I it's not one of the ones that I, I think about a lot anymore. It's, it's kind of one that faded off into the background, but it is a really great kind of crime drama. Hell or High Water is really good. Number nine is Arrival, which, uh, again, didn't make it on my list this year, but uh, a fantastic, unique version of 
of a alien invasion story. Never quite seen another alien invasion story quite like Arrival. Number eight, I had Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Uh, so, you know, pretty much in that same spot, actually, just changing out the number 10 and 9. Uh, number seven is Don't Breathe. Don't Breathe moved up quite a bit on my list because, man, the more I, I've seen that movie a few times now, the more I watch that movie, the more I just think that is a really excellent movie. Number six, coming in at the same spot, we got Hacksaw Ridge. Number five, we got Hush. Hush actually moved up a couple slots for me this year. Uh, number four, we got 10 Cloverfield Lane. Number three, The Conjuring 2. The Conjuring 2 was number two before. Uh, oh, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, the Ultimate Edition, is my number two on this list. Now, that moved down a few slots because of some of the issues, I think. You know, the further away I get from that, uh, I, you know, thinking about more about some of those issues and stuff, it did go down on my list. That said, I still really, really like uh, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. Of course, the number one is the same, Captain America Civil War. Just an absolutely fantastic movie. And again, one of my all-time favorite uh, MCU movies, which is, is kind of a big feat for me, who's somebody who, who just absolutely loves the MCU. Now... Contrary to popular opinion, I am not the only person that has an opinion about movies. So, let's look at the Oscars here and see what they had to say about 2016 in movies. Now, the best picture here. Let's just go through all of these real quick. Uh, we got Arrival, which is kind of crazy. Uh, we got Fences. We got Hacksaw Ridge. We got Hell or High Water. We got Hidden Figures. La La Land. Lion. Manchester by the Sea, and the winner of 2016 was Moonlight. Now, of these, I've seen Arrival, I've seen Hacksaw Ridge, I've seen Hell or High Water, and that is it. And all of those movies actually ended up on either my top 10 list this year or last, uh, or in 2016. You know, Hell or High Water fell off the list, and uh, Hacksaw Ridge, and Arrival fell off the list, but Hacksaw Ridge remained on the list. Uh, all three of those great, great movies. I was I, I forgot that Arrival actually got an Oscar nomination. That's actually kind of kind of crazy for a uh, alien invasion movie to get such a, a big nomination like that. Probably never had a chance to actually win it, but it's it's still really cool that that got the uh, the the nomination. Moonlight. I believe is a movie that's like very pro homosexuality and stuff, which. Uh, I could be mistaken on that, but I do think that's what Moonlight is. So it's like, okay, that's probably why it won the Oscar, honestly. Like, <laughs> it's for political reasons, uh, a little bit more so than well-made reasons. Though it probably is well-made. I mean, uh, of these movies, those are the ones that I mainly wanted to see as the ones I have seen. You know, if I end up seeing uh, Fences or something, or Hidden Figures, uh, I wouldn't mind. But those aren't ones that I'm, I'm necessarily uh, seeking out. Uh I do think it's interesting that, that Mel Gibson got nominated for Best Director this year, considering his past and just how much, how much, you know, he's gotten out of the public eye, how much people really, really disliked him after some of the stuff that he did. If you don't know, uh, he was... I, I think he was, like, making fun of a cop, and then he made some racial slurs, and just, you know, some things that, you know, he probably shouldn't have done and, and shouldn't have said, and he became an alcoholic for a while, and then now he's out of that. Uh, this, it, it's like, this is almost like them apologizing for that. He didn't win it, the, the La La Land, ultimately, the, whoever directed that one, but, uh, 
But this almost kind of seems like an apology from Hollywood, or no, an acceptance of an apology from Hollywood, saying, okay, now we're kind of accepting you back in here. But it seems like he's just completely disappeared again. I mean, what is what has Mel Gibson done recently since Hacksaw Ridge? It's like almost nothing, seemingly, so I, I don't even know, man. Uh, oh, the interesting category here, uh, best makeup and hairstyling, not you know, just a very small technical category here. Star Trek Beyond was nominated, which is kind of cool. But Suicide Squad won Best Makeup and Hairstyling. So now we can say the Oscar-nominated... No, not Oscar-nominated. The Oscar-winning movie Suicide Squad, which is kind of hilarious considering how critically panned that movie was. Though I think it deserves it. I think the, the makeup and stuff in that movie is, you know, spot-on fantastic. In the best visual effects category, uh, there was like Deepwater Horizon, Doctor Strange, Kubo and the Two Strings, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, and then the winner is The Jungle Book, uh, which, you know, I, whenever you get the visual effects category, a lot of times there's uh, some movies in there that I like because they're the, you know, Doctor Strange. Like, Doctor Strange never even remotely had a chance at Best Picture or anything, you know, any of the big awards or Best Director or anything, right? But it can pull off some of these best visual effects and stuff, which Doctor Strange definitely deserves to be in there. Uh, I find it interesting that the the Jungle Book won, considering, I don't know, I always thought the Jungle Book looked a little cartoony, you know? It's, it's supposed to be, like, supposedly live-action with only one actual live-action thing in it, which is the, the human, is Mowgli. Uh, but... I always thought it looked a little cartoony, and as I watched it, I just kind of got used to it being cartoony. But it always seemed more cartoony than, like, super extremely realistic. It's still impressive, but I guess, I, I don't know, I guess I was a little bit surprised about it winning that Oscar. But, eh, it is what it is. Uh, it's it's always kind of, I don't know, fun in my opinion to look at the visual effects category specifically, because there's always, like, the, the ones that will never get nominated elsewhere sometimes will get nominated in that category, which is fun. So that's it. That's about it for 2016 as far as the movies goes. A decent enough year. Uh, there were some movies in there that I really, really liked, but the bottom half of that list, while good, is not the, the best movies of all time. I mean, come on, Suicide Squad snuck onto the list somehow, my list, so how in the world did that happen, guys? Come on, come on, let's get a better year this year. This year's not going to be a better year. 2020 is not going to be a better year in movies. This is going to be a bad year in movies, I'm going to tell you. I don't even know what my top ten list this year is going to look like. It's It's insane. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Helix Reviews Podcast, by the way, is a proud member of the Christian Geek Central Network, a hub of all kinds of cool Christian geeky stuff from around the web. It's all funneled to ChristianGeekCentral.com. Check it out, y'all. So, that's it. Uh, let's move on to, uh, 2016 in video games. So, once again with 2016, a, a pretty decent year in video games, though not like an overly stellar or amazing year, I don't think. Some runner-ups here... Uh, you know, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, uh, a decent, though not one of the better Call of Duty games. Uh, you got Cluster Truck, and I don't know, I mean, there's things like, uh, you know, Batman Return to Arkham, but that's just more like a collection of games rather than an actual new set of games or new games, you know, so, nah, forget that. Uh, <laughs> let's just move into the top 10 list here. Uh, with number 10, Far Cry Primal, uh, this is a... a weird spin-off to the Far Cry franchise where it is Far Cry but it's 
with cavemen. And they invented a whole new caveman language for this game, which is like the craziest thing about this game, honestly. That's like pretty nuts. Uh, but overall, I found it to be fun. I found it to be enjoyable. It's a different, very unique take on the Far Cry formula. That said, I think it is one of the lesser of the Far Cry games, uh, in my opinion. At least of the ones that I have played. Uh, decently fun, though. I mean, if, if you get it on a discount, I think it's it's worth checking out. If you, Especially if you like the Far Cry games. Uh, number nine, I have Overwatch. This is a fun, quick multiplayer game that, you know, I, I've played with friends and I've had fun. It's nothing astounding in my opinion. It's nothing amazing. I really, really think they need more game modes. That's the, probably the biggest flaw of Overwatch is that there is so few game modes. It really needs more in my opinion. Uh, that said, the gameplay is fun, the different characters are fun, and uh, this is like a big esports game, Overwatch, which is uh, interesting anyway. Uh, number eight, I got Steep. Steep is surprisingly fun. Now, like, I actually, uh, this is a snowboarding skiing game. You can also wingsuit in the game, but that's not the, the focus is snowboarding and skiing. And... It's really fun, honestly. Like, it's the kind of thing where it's like, I was kind of curious to check it out, but I didn't want to buy it particularly. And then it came to PlayStation Plus, so I got it with my PlayStation Plus subscription. So I was like, sweet, now I got that. I play it, and man, this is a game that I will just come back to every now and again when I want a really calm, kind of mellow game. You know, if I'm, I don't want to play my main game that I'm playing, whatever that may be at the time, and... You know, I don't feel like, you know, if I if I go off in a different direction, a lot of times I'll go to, like, Call of Duty or, or something like that. If I don't want if I just want something calm, I want something mellow, I'll go to, to Steep and I'll just surf or, or snowboard down a, a mountain. You know, and I'll, I'll go up to the top of a mountain and ski down a mountain or something. And it's just, it's relaxing, it's fun, the gameplay is just, it's really smooth, it's fantastic. I think if you like like snowboarding type games, or if you like skateboarding type games, this is a similar type of thing in some ways. I would recommend this game. This is actually extremely fun, very relaxing, and just overall a really good time. I, I enjoyed Steep a surprising amount for the game that it is. You know, like I wasn't expecting to get a ton of playtime out of Steep, and I, I definitely got more than I expected. Uh, number seven, you yeah, Yakuza Kiwami. Technically a remake of the first Yakuza game, just more or less a remaster from what I understand. Uh, but whatever, I, this is when I, I played the game. This is the version of the game that I played, and this is when it came to the States. So it is what it is. Yakuza Kiwami, a Japanese video game about the Yakuza, and uh, it's about one dude in the Yakuza that's like rising up the ranks or, or whatever he does. Very fun, very interesting, very much an old game that's ported to a new console. I say that though, and I played Yakuza 0, which is a newer, like one of the newest games, and it hadn't really upgraded much. It hadn't really gotten much better than this first Yakuza game, which is honestly pretty disappointing, and ultimately I stopped playing that one. Uh, but Yakuza Kiwami, I enjoyed. I actually enjoyed the, the story a surprising amount. The gameplay is fun and weird, and there's lots of just really weird, bizarre, random stuff that happens in this game that's that's kind of fun and, and interesting. Small, contained, open-world game, and uh, overall, pretty fun, pretty cool. 
Number six, I got Gravity Rush Remastered. And once again, it's a remaster of a uh, PSP, no, P PlayStation Vita game, I believe, is what it was originally on. So it's remastered, put onto the PlayStation floor, floor, put onto the PlayStation 4. I played it fairly recently, and dude, this game was fun, man. This game... It's, it's, the story is ridiculous and nonsensical and doesn't make any sense, uh, but it's, it's just this, this girl that randomly discovers, hey, whoa, I have this superpower where I can control gravity. So basically, I can fly, and that's, that's how she uses the gravity. She can fly up and fly around, and you just point your, your camera in a direction, you push a button, and you just... Gravity starts going in that direction, and you just fly in that direction, and this game sparked my imagination because this is the type of flight that I always imagined as a kid. When I was a kid, and I thought of flight, you know, there's the Superman, you know, you're flying through, which is cool and all that, but I always thought the kind of flight that would be cool is so much more like haphazard, just like you're just kind of falling in that direction and it happens to not be down, you know? And so it's like, oh, you're falling up or you're just falling in the direction that you want to go because you're flying. And it's just, that's the way that you're flying. I always thought that would be an extremely cool method of flight. And it's something that I hadn't really seen pulled off in the way that I imagined until I played this game and it's, it's pulled off pretty much exactly how I imagined it, which is so cool. And even though the game, I think, the, like the, the, the combat in the game, when you, you fight some monsters and stuff, it's, it's mediocre at best, honestly. It's, it's fine, it's serviceable, uh, but it's not great. But man, flying around, collecting all the orbs for the upgrades and, and just flying around and stuff is so much fun. And it's, again, it, it just kind of sparked my imagination in a in an interesting way that, that games haven't in a long time. Despite the fact that it not being like an amazing, ultimate, amazing game or whatever. Uh, I do want to play Gravity Rush 2 now. I haven't played that. I haven't bought that or anything yet. Whenever that goes on sale, I'll probably pick it up and play that too. Because just, again, that flight system, I just I just love it. I just think it's so cool. And it, again, it's it's something that they stole from my imagination from when I was a kid. So give me royalties. All right, uh, <laughs> number five, I got Hitman. Uh, this is the the remake or not the I don't know if it's a remake. It's not a remake. I guess it's a reboot of the Hitman franchise. Uh, just plopping you in these big environments. There's this one guy in the middle that you have to kill. You're the Hitman. You go in there. You sneak in there and you you kill the person you're supposed to kill and get out. Very fun, very cool. Uh, it's it's a gameplay system that I think that, that you can do so much with. I mostly just go in, play around a little bit, kill the guy, get out. But you can watch videos of them being so precise in how they do it. Uh, you know, you watch how they can, you know, they can get in there and not be seen at all, or they can get in there and just go crazy. Or just so much you can do with this gameplay system. It's so much fun. Uh, Hitman, very cool. Now. I'm gonna say this is why this this year in games is a uh, you know like oh it's it's okay year in games ultimately is because now I think is when the list gets really good with number four so all these games before I enjoyed I liked all of these games before that's why they're on the list 
but now is when the list starts getting really good. Number four, I got Dishonored 2. Really, really like the Dishonored games. Just such, again, kind of like with Hitman, I think there's so much you can do with this system. There's so much you can do with this combat, with the teleporting, with the superpowers, all this kind of stuff. There's so many different ways that you can approach the game that I think it's, it's very fun. It's very fascinating. And again, the superpowers and stuff are great. Those that stuff is awesome and so much fun to use. And Dishonored 2 is just, it's fantastic. Uh, number three, I have Titanfall 2. One of the best first person shooters on the PlayStation 4, I would say. Just absolutely fantastic first person shooting. Uh, the, the combat feels great. The double jumping, the wall running. You jump inside a mech and you go around shooting people. So much fun. The campaign, fairly short, but just absolutely fantastic and so much fun, man. If you get a chance, play Titanfall 2. It's so good, man. Titanfall 2. Where's Titanfall 3? Come on, I want Titanfall 3. The guys went off and they made Apex Legends, which in my opinion, it's, it's a battle royale, and it, it pretty much took out a lot of the stuff that I thought was the most fun in Titanfall 2, which is the double jump, the wall running, and you know some of these more unique mechanics and stuff in Titanfall 2, and they, they stripped that out, and they made a battle royale, and that's... It was fine when I played it, but it, it wasn't that interesting, ultimately, in my opinion. Uh, fun fact, by the way, both Dishonored 2 and Titanfall 2 has a mechanic in the game where only in one mission, one mission in each game, where you go into it and you, you get some kind of device, I think, in each one, where you can change realities. I think one, you're like moving to an alternate dimension or something, and the other one, you're going to a different time. Either way, it has the same effect, ultimately. Basically, you're in one environment, and with the flip of a switch, you're immediately in a different environment. So if people spot you, you can flip over to the other environment and you can run away and then, you know, flip back and then they don't know where you're at kind of thing. Or you can flip over to the other one, get closer, flip back and kill them or something like that. It is so much fun. It is absolutely amazing. And ever since I played these two games, I've wanted a full game with that mechanic. I wanted a full game where... At any point in the game, you can switch to an alternate dimension where something else is going on in that same environment. And the, in Titanfall, there was fantastic ways to solve like environmental puzzles. Like, oh, I can't get through here, but you change dimension and you can go down below into a floor below. And then you change dimension again and you can go through and then you go change again, you go up. And just all this kind of stuff where it's just... It's, it's so mind-bending and so awesome that I've always wanted a game developer to make a full game like those missions that are in Titanfall 2 and in Dishonored. And in Dishonored, you know, there's people in one and then there's like monsters and stuff in the alternate dimension, if I if I remember correctly. Just fantastic, man. Fantastic. So cool. And I, I 
I might be getting my wish on the PlayStation 5. Uh, the Medium is a game where the, you have a medium as the main character who can go to like the spiritual realm or something. So maybe you're going back and forth there. Also, the new Ratchet and Clank game it looks like you can maybe go to different dimensions or something. I don't know how exactly that will work. Uh, but Ratchet and Clank, I'm not particularly interested in, though I may, may check that one out just because of that mechanic. Uh, the medium actually looks really cool. But man, Dishonored 2 and Titanfall 2, both in the same year, kind of crazy, having this great idea for a whole new thing, and nobody has fully capitalized on this yet, I don't think. Let's do this, people. Let's make a Nightcrawler game where he can teleport to an alternate dimension. Come on, people. Let's do this. All right. I'm only at number three. I got two more to go here. Number two, I got super hot. Super hot. Oh my goodness. This game is fun, man. When I saw the gameplay to this, I'm like, dude, this is such a unique mechanic. Did, did they pull it off? I play it. Yes, they pull this off so well. This mechanic is so fun. In case you don't know, Super Hot is a game. It's a it's a first person shooter, but the enemies only move when you move. And so you move a little bit, they move a little bit. They all have guns, they all have weapons. They're trying to kill you. You're there, you pick up stuff, you throw it, you grab weapons, you shoot them, and then you only have a limited number of shot on your, your guns. So you like shoot towards him, but then you gotta move and there's a bullet coming at you and you gotta move out of the way of the bullet and you gotta keep track of everything that's going on. It's basically a puzzle game in a first person shooter in essence, and is just absolutely fantastic, man. This this game is so inventive, unique, and just an absolute blast, man. Uh, Super Hot Control Mind Delete is a, a new game that came out recently. I, I, I'm not entirely sure if it's just DLC to the first game or if it's a whole new standalone thing. It's kind of confusing the release, uh, but either way, I'm gonna figure out that and I, I wanna play that because I want more Super Hot because man, so much fun. So, so awesome. Number one, I got Uncharted for A Thief's End. Once again, just absolutely stellar. I just reviewed The Last of Us Part 2 a bit ago. This is the game that they made before The Last of Us Part 2. This is the game that Naughty Dog made before that. Actually, there was the Lost Legacy in between, wasn't there? Anyway, Uncharted 4, A Thief's Inn, the best Uncharted game, which is saying something because the Uncharted games are fantastic, man. Uh, but this takes that and just, in my opinion, it takes it to a whole nother level. It takes, uh, it brings in new characters and, uh, it, it brings in new thematic depth to this franchise that, that was there to an extent, but this deepens that so much. And just Naughty Dog, the, the best video game storytellers out there, in my opinion, doing their thing, doing it so well. And it's the, it is the perfect ending for the Nathan Drake story. You know, it's, this is the final Nathan Drake story, and it is just the, the perfect ending to his story. Just absolutely fantastic, man. I loved, love, loved Uncharted 4 Thief's Sand. I didn't really talk about the gameplay too, but the gameplay is, this is the best the gameplay has ever been in the Uncharted series, and it's, it's, it's all just improvements. This is improvements in every way, in my opinion, over the rest of the Uncharted games, which are all great, by the way, but just continually improving upon itself. Fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. I, Love these games, man. I love them. 
So that's my top 10 video games of 2016. I didn't have a list from 2016 because I didn't have a PlayStation 4 yet. And so all the, the games that I had there were uh, were older. I played all of these games after 2016, uh, but I'm, I'm counting them in this year. Uh, so, but contrary to popular opinion, I got to stop making this joke. Uh, I am not the only person that has opinions out there. Uh, so, uh, you know, no, this is not, this is the, the segment name. It's going to stick guys. Uh, <laughs> contrary to popular opinion, my opinion is not the only opinion that opinionates out there. You know what I'm saying? If you don't, I don't blame you. So, the Game Awards. I'm going to talk about the Game Awards here. Uh, so, Game of the Year uh, nominated here. We have Doom. We have Inside. We have Titanfall 2. Yes. We got Uncharted 4 Thief's End. Yes. And we got Overwatch winning. Overwatch did make my list. I did enjoy Overwatch, but in my opinion, this is not Game of the, Game of the Year material. But I think this is... Overwatch, in a way, is is, is aimed at a, a different audience than me. I like the, uh, you know, third-person action game, you know, story-focused kind of game. That's, that's like, my jam, you know. And so, you know, Uncharted 4, in my opinion, could have should have been the game of the year, but whatever, you know, it's, it's fine. Titanfall 2 also making it in there fantastic because, I again, I think it's one of the best first-person shooters in years. Uh... Inside, I haven't played. I think I got that one on a deal sometime, so I think I have it. Uh, it's just one of those things that I actually got to end up playing it. Uh, Doom, I personally, I wasn't crazy about Doom. I, I tried it out, but I wasn't crazy about it. Overwatch, uh, fun game. You know, deserving the game of the year, I suppose. It's like a big, you know, uh, it's a big deal still. So, you know, it's, it's understandable that this got game of the year. It's just not my personal preference. Best performance, I think, is an interesting category for this year. Uh, we have uh, Alex Hernandez as Lincoln Clay in Mafia 3. Haven't played it. Uh, Sissy Jones as Delilah in Firewatch. I've watched a lot of Firewatch uh, gameplay and stuff, and I think she's the girl, uh, you know, and she's she's pretty fun from what I can see there, but I never played that game. And then, uh, oh wait, no, Rich Summers as Henry from Firewatch, so I think that's the dude from Firewatch. Uh, but then we got... Emily Rose as Elena in Uncharted 4 Thief's End. Troy Baker as Sam Drake in Uncharted 4 Thief's End. And the winner is Nolan North as Nathan Drake in Uncharted 4 Thief's End. So just overwhelming this category is Uncharted 4 A Thief's End, and which it really it should, because that game has, again, it's, it's Naughty Dog, the best video game storyteller out there, in my opinion, just delivering one of their best stories just absolutely fantastic and these characters and their performances again just absolutely fantastic uh best action adventure game went to dishonored 2 which is kind of cool i find it interesting that the best action adventure game goes to dishonored 2 and yet uncharted 4 i would describe as an action adventure game and it was in the best game of the year category and so how was it? I, I don't know i don't know how all these things work uh hitman was also nominated for best action adventure uh which is is kind of cool too uh that's pretty much all i have to say not a not a ton to say necessarily about the awards uh for the video games this year uh overall 2016 a decent year. There's some really good stuff. The top of the lists, I think, are really strong in both the movies and the video games. Uh, but 
the same with both of them. The ends of the lists are, are a little weak, you know, even, even though I like those ones as those probably shouldn't have been the ones on the top 10 of the year list. There should have been a few more that were even, you know, better than those. But that said, a decent enough year all together. That's it for this episode of the Helix Reviews Podcast. What are your favorite movies and games of 2016? Shoot me an email, helixreviewspodcast at gmail.com, and I'll read your favorites on the show. Also, if you look at 2015, you can be on the next episode of this, and uh, you can get ahead of the game. You know what I'm saying? So that's it for this time, guys. This is David Arrington of the Helix Reviews Podcast, signing off. Bye-bye, guys.